Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Globally, 3,451,000. This is a couple of hours old, this information. 3,451,033 cases. The United States leads by far with uh, 1,142,775 cases, uh, 11,700 today. And uh, total deaths at 66,621. Uh, Canada has fewer total cases than the United States has deaths, but then our population is about one-tenth of the population of the United States. We're at 56,580 cases and uh, 3,560 deaths. Very tragic reality. Um, But we're slowly starting to reopen the country. And as we've been hearing and paying, I think a lot of us paying very close attention, so the fact that the World Health Organization, which is being questioned a fair bit about what they did, when they did it, and why they didn't do it sooner, and did they have any direct link to China, uh, doing the bidding of China, well, the World Health Organization now points to Sweden, the nation which has not enforced a national lockdown during the novel coronavirus pandemic, as the model for other nations to follow. So the question then becomes, if Sweden, without a national lockdown, and with cooperation from its citizens, is the World Health Organization's uh, sort of the new preferred model, what does that say about the counter-pandemic measures taken by other countries, including ours, the social and physical distancing? I still think it's necessary to have the physical distancing, but, you know, questions are going to be asked. Lars Christensen joins us. Uh, Mr. Christensen is a Danish economist specializing in the international economies, emerging markets, and monetary policy. He's based in Copenhagen, Denmark, Sweden's neighbor, and you can find him at marketmonitorist.com, marketmonitorist.com. Mr. Christensen has spent time with us over the last number of weeks. So, uh, Mr. Christensen, are you surprised at the World Health Organization saying Sweden could be the, should maybe be the model for the future? Well, I'm slightly surprised. Uh, I think I think the uh, the World Health Organization have had basically every view you you can have over the last couple of uh, of months. But that being said, I personally uh, think that Sweden has a lot going for itself. Uh, I think that if we look at Sweden, um, Sweden had a situation where the country has been able to conduct life in a in a relatively normal fashion. What the, the Swedish government has said is that we can, they can continue to 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 act socially responsible, you know, social keeping social distancing on a voluntary basis, um, and they can keep doing it for a longer time. Rather than if you lock up people, you can't do that for months. You can do that for a short while, but then it will break down. So I think the Swedish model seems to be the right one. When we look at numbers from Sweden, their uh, and their population, I think, is ten and a half million in that neighborhood. So their total case is twenty-two thousand and eighty-two. New cases today, five hundred and sixty-two. Total deaths, 
um, 2,669 and 18 new deaths today. Yeah. Um, so how, how does Sweden compare to what your country, Denmark, did? Because there was not a full lockdown in Denmark either, as you've told us in the past. No, I think that if you look at the... the uh, Sweden is, is nearly double the size in, in terms of, of uh, population as Denmark. So if you look at it on, on a comparative basis, Sweden has clearly have more deaths per, per one million uh, inhabitants, uh, nearly double of Denmark, and more than double of Norway. Uh, but if you compare Sweden to, to other countries in Europe, uh, to the Netherlands, to Belgium, to Ireland, to the UK, Sweden is doing better. So Sweden is pretty much in the middle of the pack in Europe, uh, with significantly less of draconian measures. Um, I think one thing that is really important to remember is that this is still quite small numbers in total. Uh, and, you know, being an economist who is used to work with data, I know that randomness plays quite a bit of a role. Um, so, I, I, you know, obviously national governments and journalists like to compare one country with another. But if you have countries with very, very few cases, small countries, their numbers can vary quite, quite dramatically. Um, and one of the things we've seen in Sweden, unfortunately, as well as in the rest of Europe, as in, as in Canada, by the way, nursing homes uh, is, is where people die. Yes. When you first get COVID-19 into a nursing home, unfortunately, a lot of people die. And we've seen that, especially uh, around Sweden's capital, Stockholm. Um, I'd like to ask you about the international economy and the economies generally as, as this pandemic continues. And now we have yeah. uh, our provincial economies starting to open in this country, but we have small business owners in Canada very concerned about being able to stay in business if the restrictions continue until the end of May. 3% are saying they will not be able to make it if we have another three weeks of restrictions. That translates to about 30,000 businesses nationally in mm -hmm. Canada. And another 60-plus are concerned that they may not make it. So how is this pandemic and the lockdowns that are occurring around the world, how is it affecting our global economy? I've, I've heard people say, I don't want to be overemphasize here, but it's not dissimilar. It has the potential, geez, I don't even want to say this, it has the potential to not be dissimilar to 1929. Is that an overstatement? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a massive overstatement. I think my, my point my point of view is that uh, we cannot compare this to a regular recession. Normally, recessions happen when you have a collapse on the demand side of the economy. Uh, what we have here is more of a Mathematical recession, we could see, call it. It's an unplanned and pretty bad vacation. Uh, but essentially, we're sending home everybody. And as, as we do that, on a normal vacation, we, of course, spend. On this vacation, we don't spend. We just sit at home. Mm -hmm. uh, that's essentially the same in all countries at the same time. The reason I'm... And, and, and when that happens, of course, of course, you have a massive contraction in the global economy. I believe that the contraction in the global economy will be larger and probably significantly larger than in 2008-9, but the recovery will be much, much faster. So we are probably in the global economy right now at the worst point, somewhere between the second and the third 
quarter, things will probably be the worst, you know, during summer. Summer, June, uh, July, uh, we will certainly already have hit bottom. I think we have, at that time, we will see that most of the European economy is has returned to work. There will still be a lot of restrictions on traveling, on certain businesses, restaurants, uh, sports events, and so forth. But overall, in terms of production, I think we're up and running in Europe within two months. Uh, in Northern Europe, if you look at economic activity in Denmark and Sweden, clearly already picking up. We are returning to work. Um, so I think it's, it's a deep recession, but it's also a recession we emerge from very fast. The problem, of course, in terms of small businesses, is that small businesses typically have, uh, have liquidity problems. Uh, they do not have liquidity to keep, you know, a small mom and pop shop don't have uh, have liquidity for running the having their business closed for three months and continuing to pay their rent, pay taxes and, and all kind of other things. So so they get into trouble. Uh, that's why government might play a, play a role is helping with liquidity for small businesses. But small businesses, we have to remember in most economies in the world, most developed economies in the world, countries like Canada, the U.S., Germany, France, Scandinavian countries, small businesses are important. Um, but that's not, the, that's not the main part of the economy. So obviously in Canada, the story really is about that. It's about the oil industry uh, more than anything else. And whether oil prices return to pre-crisis levels is another debate. I personally think they will, but, but that's a much more open question. So one more question for you. Um, if there is, as has been suggested, there may well be or probably will be, depending on who you talk to, a second and more destructive wave of COVID-19. I don't, I don't want to be the, the guy with the, you know, all the bad news. But if that happens in the fall, are we, have we learned enough to deflect uh, more, you know, more damage, significant damage to our international economy? Well, I, you know, um, I'm, I'm less fearful of that than, than I used to be. Uh, first of all, I hope that policymakers will understand that it has been a policy, policy mistake to close down uh, the entire global economy. Um, we, we can't do that once again. But what we can do is protect those people who are most at risk. Uh, what we see now is that, in my view, it's very clear that two groups of people are, are especially at risk, uh, the elderly. We should protect them under all circumstances. And the obese, which is completely underreported in the media, but again and again, the studies now show that a lot of the people under 60 who die from COVID-19 have been obese. Obviously, that's a major problem uh, south of the border from you. Uh, yes. obesity, but it's also a problem in Canada. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's funny. It's funny, isn't it? You're not allowed to talk about that. No, they don't. And and um, I have been been doing some statistical research on the causes of differences uh, in mortality rates across countries, and it actually comes out. You know, the more old people you have, the more people die from COVID nineteen. This is not surprising, but the okay. second factor is actually obesity. Um, and so it seems to be a major, major factor why, for example, the UK or the US uh, has, yeah. 
Mr. Christensen, I'm, I'm, I'm people younger than 65 dying. I apologize. I have to stop you because I have to get another interview in, uh, actually, with the president of the Canadian Medical Association. He's up right after you. So I always appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us, and I it's almost 10 p.m. in Denmark. So thanks again. All the best to you, sir. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lars Christensen is a highly respected international economist. You can find him at marketmonitorist.com. Let me say that for the, uh, for the, for the, for the other networks so they can get the interview. <laughs> Market monitor. I have a friend who sent me an email said I'd like to talk to your guest. Can, can you give me the, the website? And I said, yeah, I'll do it on the air. Marketmonitorist.com. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.